For all of you who listen to Mackie Second Floor Studios Presents Submersion and own an Android device, do me a favor. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I use the app, and I love it. I can search for the podcasts I want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them all just a click away. Make sure to set Mackie's Second Floor Studios as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 36. Woo! Should have been episode 25, am I right, Jamie? That's right. I think so. That's what he is. Is that the elemental number of silver? Uh, I think it's the silver anniversary. It's 25. Oh, oh what different. Son of a gun. Actually, no. Actually, that, that, yeah, it's got to be. 25 seems too low for silver, I would guess. Silver's probably much higher than that. I'm an idiot. I'm like, not really. That Don't good you like study the periodic I'm table not, all yeah, the time? <laughs> I pretty much have it uh, open on my yeah, map desk. I call it my map desk where I keep all my maps. Don't like a normal a, person. Don't you have Someone's a tattooed on your forearm? Uh, nope, nope. Yeah. But we do have for oh. badmovietwins.com, badmovietwins.com, we do have the periodic table of smell elements, but all of those <laughs> elements are uh, bad movies with numbers in the title. So Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't yeah. somebody get the periodic table tattooed on their arm for a test or something? Oh, that'd be funny. I would probably be. just have to cover it up, get a bandage or something. Then, but it's it's my body. So what? That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> That's not some rule that you can just pull out of the school. Be like, yeah, this is a rule. It's the United States law. This is my body. I have to be able to see it, right? <laughs> I do want to let everyone know I am drinking a delicious pumpkin ale right now because it is the fall season. And we're getting some pumpkin spice everything. And I know it's like really played out to be into all the pumpkin stuff. It's so good though. But I love pumpkin stuff. Drank pumpkin coffee this morning. I love pumpkin bagels. And I've got my pumpkin beer right now. I so bought a, a 12 pack of summer shandy just to spite the fall. Ooh, you're my kind of man. I'm way more into this fall, the fall stuff. I'll tell you Spices what. and flavors. Pumpkin, that beer. Oh man. Who's that one by? Southern Tier. Okay. Yeah, that one's oh, really I've had, I've had that. delicious. Mm. What's the what's the purple one they have too? There's like two big bottled ones. There's the pumpkin and there's the Oh shoot. You I know what I'm talking remember. about, right? Big purple bottle. <laughs> dive, 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 dive. <laughs> so the trick no is just plugs for free. Yeah, get out of here, Southern Tier. The trick the Not trick is just to ask a question that you guys don't know the answer to, and then we can get under the or episode. Or don't want to answer. I was just like, let's get yeah, let's move, let's move forward. <laughs> what are your guys' All thoughts right. on Brett Kavanaugh? Dive, oh, dive, dive. <laughs> what began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle L. Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Uh, so what movie did we watch, Brom? Silver Fleet. Silver Fleet. Wow. wow straight. Just, just asked, no straight. Didn't say Top Gun. Didn't say anything. Just kidding. Top Gun. Gold Shore. Nope. Silver Fleet. So, the classic. The, 1943 Dutch-British-German film. I don't know how you'd really describe it. I think it's it. just a British film, really. Yeah. All British film about the Netherlands. Yep. And it's black and white, and it has, and it's old. It's it's very old. The um, 
Same, it's funny. Same year My as wife was like, what the Tokyo. hell are you watching in there? She's like, everybody's enunciating everything really different. Yeah. And they all talk really fast, like this. Well, they say it very clearly. Yeah. So it's, it's it's very theatrical. I feel like British film at this point was very theater driven because the British theater was very popular. So like Richardson himself, the main character, Ralph Richardson or whatever, he was like a huge stage actor. So mm-hmm. it kind of plays that way a little bit. A lot of set pieces, a lot of kind of like that dinner party is like a, at the end is kind of a good example of that where like that would clearly be something you could set on a stage being like, ah, my dinner party as I convince people to get onto the submarine. Whoa, 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 hey, whoa. Well, it's not, it's not, it's no spoilers <laughs> oh, oh, oh. There, okay? That's true. Yeah. But yeah, what do you got as a little, some stats for it? Got some good stuff? Uh, let's see. Ralph Richardson. For Ralph sure. Richardson is Von Laden. Yep, Von Laden. And then you got IMDb score of 6.9, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many Out of votes? about 300. I was going to say, this, it's not a very, it's not a really very well-known over. film right. in the end. They, it was made by some very famous people mm-hmm. um, in terms of British cinema, but this was kind of one that went by the wayside at the time because they had they, I don't, want, I don't want to say abandoned the project, but they moved the project over to a couple other writers and directors to mm-hmm. get done, even though they had developed it. And I'll talk more about that, like the creators of it. And opposite our leading man of Ralph Richardson is Esmond Knight. Oh, yeah. My as God. our monocled Nazi. And he was fucking crazy. <laughs> and I loved it. Like, it was so weird and cartoony. I couldn't it believe was. it. It was pretty yeah, great. It, it was incredible. And Googie Withers. A who great name. Is not... The mother of Carl Withers, which is what I was really hoping for. That is interesting. I didn't think about that. I've just been watching uh, Arrested Development, so I thought, oh, Oh, yeah, (laughs) maybe. I just watched The Predator, so that's uh, tangentially related to Carl Withers. Yes, it is. Did you know uh, Esmond Knight, though, our monocled Nazi, was blind during the filming of this movie? I have that in the trivia. He was completely blind filming this film. Really? Yep. So he had been completely blinded by an attack. He was on a... A ship during the during World War II that it got a shell. The shell didn't explode, so he wasn't killed. But it going through the ship, basically through shrapnel, that hit him in the face, and then he was blinded. One eye he completely lost. The other one he just couldn't see out of. It was presumably some kind of detached retina or something. Because then they he was able to have surgery several years later that restored his eyesight in that eye. So I'd assume it'd be some kind of detached retina. Wow. Yeah. So, but he was completely blind at this time and performed completely blind for several years before getting his seriously restored. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. But you can tell in the movie. Like I was aware of it going into it because I read some of the trivia and stuff, mm-hmm. and you can tell in the scenes. It's actually pretty crazy. There's a couple times him kind of being led by the hand, and then clearly some choreographed stuff that it you know a couple things were like slightly off. So it's it looked a little odd if you were looking for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but as somebody who's unaware. It didn't, it wasn't super noticeable. No, he just. But you did see he had the one eye shut all the time. He had the monocle on the one probably to, because it was a little reflective, maybe detract from that or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But. All right. He was crazy. I, I, sometimes I loved his performance because he was like super cartoony and it was crazy. It's like having a cartoon Nazi in the middle of a live action film of him being. (laughs) Yes. God. Yeah. and then, but like other times I'm like, this is a little too hard. <laughs> like, this is like weird. He's like eating soup at one point. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> In this middle of the that scene was, film. yeah, that scene was kind of so weird. At the time that he's like talking to a child with like a lollipop. He's like, oh, who is Dean? Oh, they're talking about a dog. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
It was great. <sighs> Anyways, great movie. Uh, I don't know. It had a really cool opening inches. quote. Great. <laughs> oh yeah, what was that? I didn't write that one down. It says, I know death hath 10,000 several doors for men to take their exits. Yeah, so I didn't write down what that was from, but uh, I know it's it's a quote from something, a play, I think, mm. something like that. And they also, opening shot was a yeah. miniature U-boat. I'm, I'm, and, a little unfortunate. <laughs> there were clearly minnows. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was clear. I, I thought they was going to zoom out and it'd be like the opening scene would be kind of a framing with an aquarium or something. Not. But like, nope, nope. And then you go inside and you see a whole bunch of people on the submarine dying. They're going to die. They're stuck on the bottom of the ocean and they're all running out of air. Uh, and you see one guy in particular kind of zoom in on him and we come to learn that he's our, uh, hero, our titular hero, the Silver Fleet himself. Um, but, uh, what was his name? Van Leiden? Van Leiden. Leiden. Van Leiden. Uh, but he's there. And so we kind of flash sideways to his wife as she searches his kind of desk. Um, we don't know at this point what she's exactly looking for, but she stumbles upon a journal and in Mm -hmm. that journal, is an explanation of what uh, is happening in the in the movie, what's going to happen, be happening in the movie. In so the it's kind of a little framing device. So we go back in time yes. to the beginning when the Nazis invaded the Netherlands. And this guy, Van Leuden, runs a shipyard. And so he has to kind of deal with the fact that he has the most valuable, most valuable thing in the town, for sure, since it's a shipbuilding town. Mm-hmm. But also, really, the only thing in the town that the Nazis might be interested in, like, taking over. Yep. Yep. And he even was working on some projects... Prior yeah. to this, uh, he was going to build submarines. Yeah, he's think, making submarines for, for the British or something. I assume. I think. I think that must be right for the Allies. Mm-hmm. I would think. Right. But. And Nazis say, "Oh, well, guess what? You have some experience building submarines. We happen to love submarines. Yeah. So you're going to work for us." And and he kind of ends up. You can tell that he's very conflicted. You don't want to become a collaborator. They've just taken your home country, so the country's been more or less dissolved and now you're going to be someone working with these people who come in and conquer your your where you live and that sucks and so like you know he clearly doesn't doesn't want to do this but it's that tug and and this kind of plays in a little bit to the development of the film as well like apparently in the original draft of this the nazis were much more evil doing much more evil things and they kind of tone that down so you do get a i think you get a little more in the final product of this like Almost seems a little propaganda-ish of being like, no, sometimes it's okay to like be collaborative as long as you like secretly like fight back. Or undermining them. Right. So like you get a little bit of that. He he doesn't want to, but he and he goes to his school where his son is, and they're telling a little story of this guy named Pete Pete Hines, uh, who mm-hmm. way back when, sixteen hundreds, uh, was able to capture a, what's called the Silver Fleet from uh Spain, which carried a whole bunch of gold and silver. Uh, and that was, that ended up being able to pay for getting more, uh, stuff for a war and they were able to beat Spain, which seemed like they were unbeatable. And this was Pete Hines, he's a natural, national hero. And it seems like at the very last moment before the Nazis come in and sweep away these teachers and stuff, they're, they're doing their like final, like, remember these heroes of our Dutch heritage. And he kind of remembers the heroes as well. He says, oh, I remember about that guy way back when. Interesting. So he captured some ships and brought it glory to the Netherlands. I wonder if I could do a little something like this. Uh Uh-oh. But we also see (laughs) um, that some of his 
fellow countrymen are trying to get food. Yeah. And they are on a ration system. Yeah, they're telling, it's basically showing a little bit of the Nazi strategy at this point. Mm -hmm. They're starving the people. No one wants to work for the Nazis, so they're all quitting their job, and no one's there to work the... um, uh, work the shipyard and make these submarines in the end. Um, but you know how do how do they get someone to work? You starve them or whatever. So if you don't work, People. if you don't have a, don't have a work card, guess what? You're not getting your rations. Yep. And so they kind of it ends up bra- it breaks the people and they end up going back to work. And Van Leiden's considered a what's called a quizzler, right? Quizzler. It was a weird word. I think it was some a quiz- of the stuff quizzler. was hard to understand. Yeah. It's a Q Q a Q word for sure. Yeah, I think it's quizzler. It's like a Twizzler, but like about quizzes. It was actually when oh. they they asked questions like along a Twizzler. Uh, what asking questions along a Twizzler? Yes. Well, no, because I hate Twizzlers. Hey guys, you really? riddle me I this. I dislike Twizzlers. What's that? If, oh, here's a Twizzler. Here's a Twizzler. If quiz- it's a new character. Yeah. If quizzes are quizzicals, then what are tests? Mm. Oh, testicles. Oh. What is that at that? We're right. Very nice. That is correct. Um, but. So yeah, that was my <laughs> that was considered- my Jamie joke for the evening. Oh, thanks. Um, but he's considered a Quizzler, uh, a collaborator with the Nazis, and everyone kind of hates him and his family at this point. But you you also see other people in the town kind of dealing with the same situation. There's this one guy whose daughter is kind of taking care of stuff because he's not he's refusing to work, and she's basically like, "Get your ass back over there! You've got like a whole bunch of kids, and right now you're like daughters taking care of shit." So like, yep. what, what would mother think? And her mother clearly passed away. What would mother think if you were just like doing this? And he's like, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like betray the family and stuff like that. But and he does. He does. They end up all going back because, you know, obviously they don't want to starve. Mm-hmm. And so they're all, they're all end up, end up working and they all kind of hate Van Leiden and they hate his family and all this stuff, but they keep on getting some secret notes. They're getting secret, secret notes from Pete. signed Pete Hines. <gasps> no P- way. Yeah. P.H. Uh, PH is letting them know, like, just hold out. We're, there's going to be, I think, what was it, 12 or something people on the boat? 16, something like 12. that. 12. I think 12, 12 men. 12 men are going to be going on the first um, uh, voyage of 107, I guess. The sea boat. trial. Yeah, sea trial of 107. And they, yeah, he has a plan basically set in, going to be set in motion in terms of uh, taking that out, taking that motherfucker out. Yeah, <laughs> by out I mean actually to to Britain or whatever. That's right. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna mutiny oh, yeah. the Nazis straight up, and they're gonna steal that boat, sail it on to England. Yeah. So they don't what, really. What? Yeah, the Nazis baller. don't really care because they're yeah they're tracking everything, and they're like, no way they can overpower a bunch of <laughs> Nazi warriors. I mean, we are yeah. fantastic. So uh, don't worry about it and all this. But they start to put the plan in motion. So the plan essentially is okay. They're they need food on this sea trial. So there's going to be lunches brought for all the men. Mm-hmm. And in that food, they're going to be putting uh, guns. Yes. And so they're going to be able to take out those guns, take everyone hostage, put them, put the Germans back in there. And they have enough people to pilot the boat to to the UK. And they start to set this in motion with a few of the guys who've been getting these notes. And so they're all at like the grocery store. And they're like... Uh, okay, we're ready to go. Here's our guns. I got my gun. I got my gun. I, I got my gun too. It's more or less what happens every time when we come to this podcast, right? We just all like- Put our guns in the we, center we just of the gotta, table. We got to put them in the center of the table and make sure everything's all set. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, secretly have several other guns you guys don't know about. <laughs> it's like ankle, ankle holsters and the such. You don't even want to know where one of my guns is. He's not, he's not wearing shorts, so he could be- Oh, I got him. have it. I got him everywhere. 
You wouldn't believe some of the places that have guns. I believe it. Oh boy. Uh, and they take him out and they put him into this like grain, like boy, oh boy, time to put it in this grain. No big deal. And then like a police officer comes in. <laughs> and he's, he's like screwing around with he the grain. Like, oh, boy. He's yeah. like, oh, let me, uh, yeah. let me go ahead and touch this and pick it up. And ooh, I know people he's really like, like it when I grab their food before yeah. they buy it. He's like, ick, bind my sausage. And then the guy goes, <laughs> oh, oh, I'll get you my, get you use the sausage. And uh, don't stick you know, your hand in the grain. Yeah. Uh, please, for the love of God, don't touch that grain. <laughs> he's like, oh. What a nice fine grain. And so he starts like kind of moving his hand. He's really like centrally touching this grain a little bit. Yeah. And the last moment he comes out with a sausage. And he like, literally forces he's, like, the sausage, stuffing his into, his sausage into the guy's hand. Like, oh, here's your sausage. You're like, don't worry about what you were looking at. And he kind of looks around. He's like, oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> and he's, he almost wants to be like in the conversation. He's like, so what's going up, guys? And everyone like hates him. So he's like, oh, fuck you. And he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> And they go in the back to start, you know, the final plotting because they're going to be getting all the food together, make sure that the guns are in places that are hard to find. And they're, they're not. Right. And th- then they're like, hey, come come on back to this like, young guy who's working in the um, shop, too. And the young guy's like, uh, no, I'm just going to, like, clean up out here. Don't worry about it. And then he runs off to the Quizzler, like the the, the, the main Van collaborator, Van Layden. And he's like, okay, I got someone who is totally on my side on this in this total Quizzler. So he goes up and is like, I got news for you. They're planning a fucking mutiny. Now, he doesn't know at this point that Van Leiden is Pete Hines. So yes. he's talking to the guy, like, organizing this entire thing. And he's like, really? Really? You figured this all out? And he's kind of spelling it like, so what is it like? I guess your uncle who owns this grocery store is going to go to jail and I wonder who's going to get the grocery store. I guess it would be you. And he's like, I guess it would. I wasn't thinking about it. Wink, wink. Whatever. And uh, he's like, okay, well, we should, you know, talk about this. We could do this delicately. You don't want them to find out. We got to catch them red handed. You can't just go with like rumors and stuff. Mm. So you got to go back to the grocery store and like totally make them feel at ease. Don't worry about it. But let me, uh, I'm just going to do something real quick. Don't worry. Grab some chalk. Goes downstairs and does like backwards Q with a PH on the door. He yep. like doesn't like deep talking. He goes, All right, come down here. You got to go back. He's like, oh, well, are we going to go to the authorities? And, you know, Van Leiden's like, no, no, no. You got to just play it cool, play it cool. And he about, as they about to walk outside, he's like, oh, shit, someone's coming and pushes them against the door. And then he does it a couple times. Yeah. Really make sure that that shot really. Q is on his back. <laughs> yeah, moves move against him. And then once he's re- once it's on his back real nicely, he's like, "Okay, now go ahead." So he goes back and he's like pretending to clean up again. And the the meeting is adjourned, and they come out like, "Oh, you're still here? Like, I guess you were cleaning up for a while or whatever." It kind of looks the same because it almost seems like you weren't cleaning up and he's like no no no, i was 100 percent cleaning up and he turns around and they're like fucking quizzler like like you are 100 percent against us like so fuck you and he's like what what how oh how dare you say this and they uh more or less what do they do like kill him probably uh they he starts they chase to chase him to the streets oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah the foot race to end all foot races man I mean, it was great who got yeah, shot yeah. somebody got shot and fell into the river or whatever I, it must have been him right <laughs> It was like, really hard to tell. Yeah, really yeah. Dark. very similar. It was, it was, and very, it was very dark. dark. Yeah, it was very dark. Yeah, even though it was clearly shot during the day, and they just played with the contrast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> and so, anyways, he, they kind of like subdue that issue. I think that uh, a kid gets killed and falls into the river or whatever. I'd assume it had and, to have been. 
It must have been. And then so the next day is the sea trial. And one of the big things also was like no one, how the, how the Nazis wanted to do this was they wanted it so that no one would know about the sea trials too far in advance. And so they only gave them a day notice. Only a day notice. And so that like no one was supposed to know that it was happening. And that's how they were going to stop the uh, sabotage. But of course, not knowing that Van Leiden was the person organizing all the sabotage, they told him. Um, slightly more than, I mean, I guess it was still a day in advance or whatever, but like no one else was supposed to know at all, except on the day they just kind of pulled people out, but they had everything set. This food is being brought. They grabbed the food, um, for reasons a little bit unknown because they never really check them. It seems like it's almost just to scare people or something. I don't even know. The guns? Well, the, the food, like they grabbed the food, but then the, the Nazi guy played by night, Edmund Knight or whatever, doesn't really do anything. He doesn't check the lists. He doesn't check it. it he doesn't really check anything. Oh, that's true. It yeah. is kind of weird. They just kind of have the food. And everyone's really nervous, though. They're brought in. They, they've assumed since the food was taken that they are all going to die. So they get in, and there's kind of two options they have. They can either pick the same people they were going to, the main, the people that were really important to pick correct. That was the one thing. And, and the note by Pete Hines was, and Van Leiden was like, you got to pick correctly. You got to pick the right people because this is this is a very sensitive thing. Yep. And in the end, they're kind of looking at each other, and you can see like, well, if we're gonna do it, we got to do it. So they pick the pick the same people they were going to pick. Van Leiden's like, you want to check any of these people out? And then Nancy's guys like, whatever. Like it's one day in advance. There was no way they didn't even know they were going today. Like there's no way anything could have been put in motion. That's how I like doing it. And he's like, well, yeah, because like. I got to tell you, it's a pretty shitty idea if you want to check, actually check out these people and try to make sure they're not trying to sabotage something because now you have no time to actually check it out. Right. And he's like, well, whatever, fuck it. And so they went out there and he kind of indicates the people going on the submarine, like, by the way, I'm Pete Hines, wink, 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 wink. He does. So it gives them confidence. At this point, they were really all nervous, but like that little wink by Van Leiden right before they get onto the submarine kind of seals the deal. Like, oh, we're going to be just fine. And they actually are. Everything's yeah. pretty fine. Yeah, because they got a plan. They're gonna they're gonna like stage an accident in the <laughs> torpedo in room. The torpedo room, classic torpedo room accidents, it's where it's always going down. I mean, it's the best place to do one because you're you have all these chains and you're moving heavy shit. Yeah, and so they kind of it's lunchtime. Everyone's like tired. They're like cruising around the submarine. Even the, they're like, oh hey, you want to take your dick out? And he's like, I'm not really the captain of this boat. It's not. We're just testing it. And he's like, well, well should I do a well, test pull? I think so. And he kind of pulls it out. He's like. It feels pretty good. I gotta say, it feels pretty good. And everyone's like, "Yeah, cool. All right, I guess. Uh, I guess that's it. Probably no sabotage today." And then in in the background, while he is you know playing around with his dick or whatever, uh, the Dutch people and get their lunches out, <laughs> pull out their guns, and take everyone hostage very easily. Uh, after staging, oh man, after staging a someone getting. Uh, what crushed by a piece of machinery? I'm not really sure what went down, but uh, <laughs> they don't show it. Of no. course, I mean they don't have, didn't have the, really the budget probably to do something like that. But. No, and I mean it was no resistance at all from the Nazis. Nobody even tried to throw a punch. They're no. just like, okay, all right. And my favorite thing we'll is surrender. My favorite thing about it too was that the they, they, at the end of them just like taking everything, they're like, you guys, no fucking way, you can pilot the submarine all the way to the UK, and it's just like smash cut to pilot to the UK. And it's like, oh, I guess they could. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you make a movie, yeah, right there. You weren't. Uh, There's you, no way you, could you do were it. not correct. They could 100% pilot that submarine straight to the UK, and you hear a little news report of the submarine, the people on the submarine, and they're like, "We got inspiration from Pete Hines," and then, and then like everyone shushes everyone else, like, "Don't, don't give it away." They're like, and the radio person's like, "Who could it be? Who could be this Pete Hines person?" Yep. 
And anyways, back home, the Nazis are absolutely grilling all the local people because they're like, how did this happen? They're smacking some lady around. Smacking ladies around, setting up new rules, right? They are. There's all kinds of new rules. They want to like kill some people, right? Is that what it was? I'm actually forgetting exactly what the new rule that they were instituting. They wanted to sign some death warrants for a particular set of people. Mm. And they were saying like, if we kill them then, you know, that that's when we'll break them. And Van Leiden comes in and be, and says some story about, um, you know, oh, you know, what happens when you do something like this? Everyone's going to turn. It was about like a lion who got caught in a trap, right? And I said, like, oh, you think you're king of the jungle, but then the lion who got caught in this trap lost its tail. And so all the other animals, when it came back, he was ready to be king again. And all the other animals, like, look at that ridiculous animal without a tail and ripped it up ripped him apart and so it's wait, like wait is this really i don't even remember this yeah that was all come you on kyle did you even watch yeah well, i remember it yeah yeah i must have blacked out probably because you were like this movie's so good and you got an orgasm and then you fell asleep it's got it that's what happens <laughs> a lot of times pretty much <laughs> halfway through the movie you see most you miss most middles of movies because you have an orgasm right in the middle yeah and then you fall asleep this, for is, this is the part of the movie that's so good <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, no, this whole, the whole, that, I think that the moral of the story was basically saying like, you don't do this because you're going to, you know, once you get the ire and look a little ridiculous, like you're, you're kind of overreacting to this and you're killing these like country people. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, look at these, you know, ridiculous, terrible people. Let's like overtake them. We are bigger than them. They are just puny nothings who have to resort to this kind of violence in order to uh, kind of try to control us and they're going to rip them apart or whatever. And he even writes in his journal because we keep on seeing little snippets of his journal. Um, no voiceover to let us know. It's actually, you had to kind of like read oh, it. My word. It was, actually, it. it was hard to read. It's really Sometimes it was missing words ancient and stuff. cursive. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You couldn't read that for anything. No. I'd, I'd have to keep pausing so I could sit there and read it. Yeah. And I know and, my mother would be cursing me because she always says, you just need to, everybody needs to know how to write and read cursive. Like, God damn. That is going by the wayside. That's true. We don't need it. But I actually, whenever I type something out, I also, I type it in cursive. Oh, that's great. I'm yeah. sure people love you. <laughs> <laughs> some, some nice report. You're like, what the hell? God damn it. Uh, Got us again. Yeah, but even he writes like, I can't believe it worked. Like that was his first line after mm-hmm. tricking these people with a story was, I can't believe that worked. And basically everything goes back to normal. This this main, the, the guy, Nazi guy who's running the town or whatever, the kind of ridiculous person who's always like eating something and looking stupid, uh, really like, seems to really like Van He's oh, like, oh, dude, they're buddy, buddy. Yeah, he like loves Van Leiden. He's like, this guy's like helping me build submarines and like he's keeping everything in line and giving me advice. And people seem to not be that, you know, he's getting people to work. Like we were having so much, we were struggling to get people to work and now people are working again and everything's like, everything's cool. Even though a bunch of other Nazis in the group were like, isn't it a little suspicious that he's here so late all the time? A, B, somehow, even though it was the day before uh, the the first sailing of this submarine, it was still able to be sabotaged. Kind of no, we... no, 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 dude. You're talking about my boy. Yeah, you don't you don't talk about him like that. You don't that. talk about Van Leiden like that. Okay, you guys, you don't talk about the VL. Up. He's my VL boy. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. So he's loving it, and the you, you know, know who else is loving it. Not his wife and not his son, because they keep on getting beat up. And well, his son, his son <laughs> loves Pete Hine. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, his son loves He's Peony. like, this guy is the best. He oh, wants, daddy. Yeah, he, he wants, is so cool. Why can't you be like Pete Hine? Yeah, he, he wants to celebrate Pete Hine, but none of the other kids are letting him celebrate because he's like, your dad's like a, he betrayed everyone. Pete Hine's the best though, not knowing that, of course, his dad is Pete Hine. And they knock that kid the F out. All the time. He's got <laughs> a lot of concussions at this point. Um, you could almost make it a comedy. You just keep seeing him, keep showing up another black guy. That would be funny to you? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a funny movie. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Anyways, uh, but he they like uh, they he wants the kid to drink milk to get like big and strong, and so like one of the things is like, oh, we're gonna cheers Pete Hine, and he's like, oh, we gotta stand up. If you're if you're gonna stand up, you gotta stand up for the person you're cheersing. The only person you can sit is the person you're cheersing to. He's like, well, I'm hoping Pete Hine's sitting somewhere. Like kind of being a joke that like <laughs> he's Pete Hine, baby. Yes. Then he goes and like. Oh. Finally, I got to go and do the thing that I love doing the most with my wife, which is uh, brush her hair, and. <laughs> Sits there brushing her hair like a whole bunch of times. And it's like, don't you worry. You just got to trust me. Like, remember what happened to that picture of the queen that we had? We didn't throw it out. We put it in a drawer. And she's like, I actually checked in that drawer whether that picture was still there just to know that you hadn't gone like so far to the bad side. This was so funny to me because should we all have pictures of our leaders in our bedrooms at all times? I think that used to be much more of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine like, all right, before I go to sleep. Thanks for looking at me, Donald. I actually think we might, we probably should get one of those for the podcast booth. <laughs> Just have it hang right here. Yeah. You got one of those, Brom? I do not. Um, I would say, I think, I feel like leaders back in the day were a lot more moral than they are today. Today, they're all just like corrupt politicians and all that. You like those inbred queens and kings and yeah, stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Straight up. That's the only way to go, man. Yeah, you want them got to keep to the them bloodlines pure, baby. Yeah, you want them so weak from inbreeding that you know you can overtake <laughs> them, but then they're just like these weirdos that rule over the country. Mm-hmm. Like, sweet. That's our queen with seventeen fingers. <laughs> <laughs> the glove, the royal glove maker. Yes, <laughs> be rich. Someone else come there. Can you make me a glove? Not really. I'm going to tell you, I can make one type of glove and it's not going to fit those fingers. It's only fitting those fingers. <laughs> Shit. Oh, my word. But yeah. also during this, his wife says, ooh, it'd be a real shame if something happened to that U-108 that they're going to be putting a sea trial. Maybe if there was a bomb on board. What? Yeah. So he, he's- Idea. And he's been saying- He's been saying for a while, like, you can't get close to it right now. Like, they're, they're heavily guarding it, and no Dutch people are going to go on the first ship, or first uh, sailing experiment with it. So, like, he's really trying to figure it out, and he has a he has a brainstorm. He's like, oh, shit, I have an idea. And so he goes down. He's going to plant a bomb, basically, and set up this weird, like, a trigger um, by replacing some circuitry circuitry in it and uh and kind of put a some dynamite in like a um a turny wheel and he's trying to make it so it like i don't think he would have had to set up the uh uh the circuitry necessarily if mm-hmm. he knew he was going to be on board but he was trying to set up in like an automatic trigger when they when they turn a knob at some point when they're diving or something it would automatically explode Later, that becomes moot, but he starts to build this kind of stuff. The idea being, okay, the only thing I need to try to get in the most dangerous part is a bunch of dynamite. But as long as I can get the dynamite, I have the circuitry set up. I have dynamite inside of this fake kind of wheel. Mm -hmm. I would turn the wheel. The dynamite wouldn't hit something and explode. And that's like his plan or whatever. Yep. And so he starts it in motion. He's building this thing in his basement. And uh, yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah, we're getting there. And he's like... uh, Eventually, one guy's like, he's replacing the circuitry on the submarine. Like, are you sure he's not a bad guy? 
He's like, no, no, no. And the guy's like eating. He's like, oh, no. He's like eating soup or some shit, like looking oh, very aggressively. And just like, it's loving, amazing. The noodles are like these, just on spilling this. down on him. And at the same time, Van Leiden's gotten word that there are a bunch of his like employees who are planning to bomb the shipyard. So they have a bunch of dynamite mm-hmm. stolen from the shipyard and they're going to blow it up. And they have an idea of who it was and they confirm it. And eventually they get an idea of exactly where it is. And he, at the very last moment, like literally a minute before it explodes, he's able to go and disarm it. And you're like, oh shit, Van Leiden like kind of saved the shipyard. But he keeps on saying like, it just, it would have been a moment. They would have all been executed. Shipyard would have blown up, but it, the work would have still went on. Like eventually they right. would have cleaned up the shipyard. They would have finished 108 and it would have sailed. The goal is to destroy 108 and try to destroy as many people on 108 that are important as possible. And so everyone really hates him at this point. Even his wife is like, what the fuck? You basically <laughs> screwed your neighbors and your friends to, to save these you know, Nazis, to save the shipyard by disarming. You personally disarmed this. And he's like, just trust me for the love of God. Trust me. And he just hopes that the the person who they stole the dynamite from, who they ended up stabbing, never wakes up to reveal exactly who it was who right. stole the dynamite. And it's like, okay, we're banking on this person not waking up dying, and then these people will be safe because they'll never actually figure out who stole it or whatever. And he's like, oh, okay. No, they're so thankful. They're like, you're going to go on our sea trial with us because we love you. You are the best. And they hug him like really tight, like almost too tight. Like it's actually like weird how mm-hmm. long and hard they hug him at a certain point. They're just like hugging him a lot. And, he's, and you're like, oh man, like, oh. You can tell he's just like, ah, oh, shit. He's like, oh man. I got to go on the sea trial? With, oh. with all these, no. Anyways, and they're like, hey, why don't we have like a big old dinner party too, just so you look even worse to your countrymen. And yeah. it'll be at your house. And he's like, God damn it. Okay, yes. <laughs> In a time when everyone's starving, I will host a magnificent dinner party for the Nazis. Great. You look like an asshole. Perfect. <laughs> and so they go to the house and Van Leiden is 100, the, like he's just on level 100 at this point. Like yeah. he's just like to every single person like, Hey, I'm this guy who built like 205 aerodromes for the Nazis. I'm the best aerodrome person they have. It's amazing. And he's like, do you want to go on a submarine? And he's like, uh, I've never really thought about that. And he's like, trust me, you want to go on the submarine? And he's like, okay, <laughs> I'll go on the submarine. And in his mind, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill myself and destroy this boat with me. And this guy's going to fucking die. Yes. And he keeps on even more and people start more important people come. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you come on the submarine? And the guy's like, I have n- very little interest in a submarine. And he's like, well, now you do though. What happens if you did come on this though? And he's, he's like, like, okay, I guess yeah. I will go. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they even recruit some like seven foot 10 Nazi. Yeah. This giant guy who's like an administrator, like, and Vinland's doing his best. He's like, oh man, I'm so honored to have you in here. And even later the guy's like, I'm just kind of like an administrator. And he's like, but you're the best administrator and the best administrators go on submarines. He's like, really? <laughs> he's like, yeah, they go on submarines all the time. Like, oh man, I want to be the well, best yeah, yeah I, I need to then. then i have to change my plans i'm going on the submarine and he's like fucking yes and he goes up and he's like we're smoking cigars everyone because you're all gonna die i did not say that don't worry about it <laughs> goes upstairs looking for cigars and then the guy that that planted the dynamite shows up and is like i'm gonna fucking kill you and he's like hold on one second don't kill me because it's all part of my plan and like five seconds later the guy's like you're right i can't kill you and they're coming after me to figure out the plan. And he's like, I got a perfect, a perfect way to remedy this. I'll kill myself. And just kills him. I'm like, 
This guy is like amazing. He like literally, it was like a complete 180 on this guy's plan oh, yeah. with five seconds of explanation. It's like, I'm going to kill you. And it's like, let me explain for like five words. And he's like, wow, now I got to kill myself and just kills himself. Yeah. For the and then of Van Leiden. Yeah. And then Van Leiden can hold the gun. Yeah. He said, like, well, that, killed him. that bastard showed up and I just shot him. And then the wife is like, I fucking hate you because you just killed this guy. And he's like, I would love to explain. But I will explain in this notebook. But hold on. Let me party with these Nazis all night. Straight up. <laughs> Doing keg stands, beer bongs, all sorts of crazy shit. They're fucking loving it. Yes. Uh, and so he tries to like explain to his wife, but eventually you know, she doesn't let him into the room or whatever. In the morning, he kind of goes to talk to his son and is like, tell your mother to look for the picture. She'll understand. Like, And this is how he's going to- What's gonna, the picture, daddy? And he's like, don't fucking worry about it. You- idiot like just i told tell your mom tell your mom okay okay all right dad (laughs) and then uh he writes out like kind of a final thing to say i love you and it's funny his plan too he's like i'm getting everyone on this thing and this ship is unsalvageable and all this stuff he's like kind of like detailed exactly what his plan is Mm -hmm. and it's like and i'm gonna die for my country and that's like the the most amazing thing is like dying for what you like believe in and no country could ever survive without people who are willing to lay it on their lives and off they go onto the submarine and he takes one last look at the sunrise and he walks in and fucking blows all those nazis to smithereens but we don't see that. We don't get to see anything. I mean, yeah. technically, we saw the aftermath at the end. Yeah, I in, guess. That, in that aquarium. It's amazing how they got that low, that submarine into that aquarium, though. Yeah, you've ever seen uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Sam Ray. Is that right? Yeah. Wait, they end up in a submarine in an aquarium. No, they use the ray from the movie to shrink all the people. So in, so in Honey I Shrunk the Kids, they use the ray to shrink a submarine. Yeah, go with that. Wow, amazing. I can't. I don't remember that. I thought they just wrote ants and shit. Anyways, that's it. The end. That is the end. Silver Fleet. Amazing. Jamie uses that term loosely. I do not use that loosely. I <laughs> like this film. Oh, okay. You want to start then? You want to go off on this? Sure. I'm going to go way higher than you guys probably fucking imagine that I am. I think this movie was clever. I thought it was well done. I think it's a little old. So, and, and, and there's a bunch of overacting. Like Edmund Knight, you know. God love him. Like, I know he was well-respected. He was in a million movies. And I think people, like, really appreciated him as an actor. But, like, he was fucking Looney Tunes in this. Like, he was. He was all over the place. I couldn't believe it when he showed up on screen at first. I was like, this is like a comedian doing, like, a a bit. It's almost like they'd have an SNL sketch or something where... (laughs) It'd be like uh, a very serious movie and then someone would be like, have, have been hired as like an actor and they come in and just doing like this crazy stereotypical, I mean, like, oh, cut, 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 cut. Um, what are you doing there? Just run that back. Like what's going on here? Maybe a little less. Yeah. Just uh, scotch it down a little bit. But no, he like goes crazy. So that, that was actually my least favorite thing was how like nuts he was. Um I just felt like it was just way overdone. But otherwise I thought it was pretty clever. I liked like the chalk on the back of the coat. I thought it was actually story structure and stuff a little ahead of its time, um, just in terms of, uh, you know, and the cinematography and stuff like that. I thought it looked it looked really nice and clever in how it kind of moved through the plot and eventually got to this final, like, you know, big plot that was done. So I'm mm-hmm. going to actually end up giving it a seven. Really? Yes, yeah, seven. I'm, I, I enjoyed this film. I thought it was clever and well done, and I was surprised. All right. That's just me. I... I do Ladies apologize. and gentlemen, he did throw his hands up and he I, says, that's just me. And I don't apologize. <laughs> so there All we right. go. All right. Brom, how about you? Sorry. I just um, wrote on your hand. 
So this movie, I noticed as I press play on it, was made the same year as Destination Tokyo, which is, I think, the second favorite movie I've had the opportunity to watch and review um, on this podcast. And first thing I noticed about this is uh, I thought the production quality was pretty impressive. Uh, the audio mixing and everything, it was very clear. I usually have to watch movies uh, with closed captioning because I'm really hard of hearing. Um, but just with the element of, you know, the stage, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, players, you know, stage stage players, uh, just the way they communicated, as we alluded to, is very clear. And uh, I also think they did they did a lot of ADR at certain points. Like, obvi- there was pretty clear, like, his son was not a good actor or whatever, or maybe (laughs) even speaking a different language. I'm actually not sure exactly like production wise. Sometimes they'll have someone like spaghetti Westerns and stuff. They'll have someone who speaks a different language who just kind of like fumbles through their lines and eventually they record over it, but they like the look of him or something like that. (laughs) So like he, he was never, he was never saying any of his lines at the time. Like it was all crazy. So I think they read, they redid a lot of audio to try to make sure everything was clear for the sun, for the sun. Yeah. Also, 100%. did you guys notice in the vein of production quality, did you notice uh, they had quite a few like ca- uh, like rail cam shots, which I'd never noticed anything like that in movies this old where they were kind of like um, like moving along the aisle in the schoolyard or in the, the schoolhouse, like moving mm-hmm. towards the teacher and everything. Usually you got like a stationary cam and it kind of just pivots, you know, to different people, you know, around the yeah, room. Yeah, I think this, and this kind of, I think this plays back to something like, you know, Hitchcock around this time or a little bit before, a little bit before this time would have made his journey to Hollywood, I think, um, in like the thirties or something like that. And I think in, in, you know, British, uh, production wasn't necessarily at like tip top Hollywood shape, but they were very innovative. And in particular, the people who made this one, Palin Pressinger or Pressburger, uh, were very innovative for British yeah, filming I thought, and stuff like that. I thought the cinematography. So there were a bunch of different things they I did, thought the yeah. cinematography was incredible in this movie, and it's not something I usually pay attention to. But with just how old it was, I was really picking up on some of these things. And uh, ultimately, I, I'm a sucker for a good, you know, like sabotage movie, uh, especially yeah. where the the Nazis get betrayed by, you know, so Nazi like a Val- collaborators, like a Valkyrie type. Like yes, a Valkyrie type situation. absolutely. Uh, I, I think um, over over these many episodes I've done with you, I feel like I've learned that you uh, quite enjoy Valkyrie. I have, yeah, I have, a very, I have a very narrow uh, <laughs> taste in movies. <laughs> Everything outside of it, I, I tend to hate. Uh, yeah, that so it's said, basically a genre. The genre you like is Valkyrie, and then yes, everything exactly. outside of the Valkyrie genre <laughs> you don't enjoy. Yeah, this it's just being in the Valkyrie genre, I thought was done very well. Uh, <laughs> this was becoming a long review, but I, I'll say it was done very well. I was happy to see that it was based on a true story. Um, obviously, the, the second one, the second incident sinking the you know important Nazis wasn't, but at least there right. was a nugget of truth to this story. It was really interesting to read up a little bit about that afterwards. And the end of the movie was a little abrupt, which docked the score a little bit, but I thought this movie was great. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Even goes higher than me. Look at and this, I, Kyle. You come I've in gone here. Higher. You come here. I went higher than Destination Tokyo as well. See, so, I, went, I went lower than Destination Tokyo. I did like Destination Tokyo more than this just because I think Destination Tokyo surprised me at like 
the how much I invested in the movie. Like I like invested in the characters, I invested mm-hmm. in the mission, I invested in all that stuff. Uh, and I just really bought into what I had said at the time, moved the movie magic of it, where it was like, I kind of went past the being like, I'm watching a movie into being like, I'm, I'm watching something that I'm like wondering what's going to happen next and what is going to happen to these characters and stuff like that. Whereas this was still kind of appreciating the construction of a movie. Never Mm -hmm. really got past that. Like, let's look at this movie that's happening. And then Kyle, what are you going to give it? Like a zero? Going, no, I'm not going that low on <laughs> what, it. What, a point six I nine? just was, I wasn't blown away by this. Like a 6.9 inches? Zero, no. 0.69 inches? Oh, no. I'm not like a 2.69 inches? No. All right, anyway. Like get on with 4.69 inches? So anyways, a lot of the stuff was super abrupt. They yeah. The transitions were not phenomenal. Just kind of cut. And everyone knows they call you- Transition Kyle. Yeah. That's what they call you. Yeah. Because you, you're like, okay, just tell me about the transitions though. How was it? <laughs> I said, well, I never pay attention to that. What are you talking about, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> the the storyline was very solid. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I some of the stuff didn't really need to be in there. There was a particular scene where they're at the shipyard, and all of a sudden, this huge panel comes crashing down and almost crushes Van Leiden. So you didn't like how that uh, showed how everyone fucking hated him? No. Okay. Because it was just like, da 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 Because they had to show, basically every single person in his family got something that would show how much people hated him. Like the son was getting beat up at school. Yeah. The wife what, couldn't get food at the supermarket. Right. And then, not the supermarket, they were just like the supermarket at that point, uh, grocery store. Uh, and he almost got crushed. <laughs> yeah. Things aren't looking great. No, they're not looking fabulous. Right. But, I don't know. To me- just visceral gut reaction. It's a five seven five. Okay. So why don't you just do the five point six nine? Not doing that. Okay. I feel like we probably. I I bet we pulled you up from lower. Oh yeah, I would guess just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be my guess. I was hanging but... around a a four. That would be yeah yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, the it's, points you make that you guys are making are pretty good. It, it, it does look good for its time. And it's 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 t- it's tough sometimes like. As you go back, every different, you know, production, this was British. It also was not America. It wasn't like what we had kind of set out in this cycle either. It was not America two times World War champs. Back-to-back World War champs. You didn't get that. <laughs> and Here, no, last no Americans was, to be seen. No. Last movie we'd mentioned was a return form. Yeah. And then this, again- We jumped it a little bit sideways. said, ah, Sorry. So I, I did like the scenes I, on the submarine. It was super close quarters. Yeah. That looked really I, good. I was really trying to figure out what submarine that was. Like, because they obviously mm-hmm. were filming on a submarine. They ha- there was clearly a real submarine in like a dry dock and clearly a submarine that dove at the end. Uh, it was stationary. Didn't you notice that? And the water just rose up above it. Oh, that'd be, but even, but even then there was some kind of, mm-hmm. oh, so you're th- saying that you think that it could have been a complete submarine set or a model or something. It's a possibility. Well, he was standing on it, though. There, he was standing on it. It was a pretty big... It At had to end. have been a pretty big thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they could have built it. But still, I was trying to figure out... And they did have collaboration from the Royal Dutch Navy. So I was trying to figure out, is it one of those? Is it some submarine, some Dutch submarine? Or some, it would have been more likely a British. It was filmed in Britain. So is it some British submarine or something? I no one will ever know. Man, couldn't figure it out. I loved Ralph Richardson in this. He was really dynamic and charming. Reminded me of like Cary Grant or Gregory Peck or someone like that. And I never knew who he was with him being predominantly a 
actor of the stage as opposed to the screen and just being a British actor, but I just yeah, gotta I say, really enjoyed him. I should have re-looked because he came up, the, the way we ended up even watching this was that Silver Fleet had come up in a previous episode because Ralph Richardson was considered for a part in one of the other films we watched, but then didn't take it. And then huh. I asked the question, did he ever get a submarine dream? And the answer oh, was yes, as Silver Fleet. But I can't remember which one that was. It must have been one of the old ones, obviously. So I can't either. Yeah. Alas, we'll never know. No one will actually know. Scientists contend we may never know when I said that. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to jump into some trivia. So as I've said a couple times, this was made by Powell and Press- Pressburger. Uh, they wrote and directed many important British films. Uh, this includes The Red Shoes. Have you guys ever heard of The Red Shoes? No. Never. It's about a ballet dancer. And it's often considered one of the top British films ever made. So when they did the last time they did the top ten like British films like BFI, I think it was number five or something like that. Really? So that's probably their best known film, just from like. I think I did that but, countdown for them. Where does Monty um, Python and the Holy Grail sit on that scale? It probably actually. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if it was top ten. But I didn't have. I don't have the list or anything. I know you're looking at my oh, man. I don't have the list. So, anyways, they they were a collaborator back then. With these British films, they often would do director and writer, and they do two people. So they kind of mix the mix the roles. So generally, you would think of Powell as the director. So he did most of the directing. Pressburger would come up with a concept. So he'd come up with like a synopsis, and then they would both write it together. So Pressburger would, was predominantly a writer. Powell was predominantly a director, and they kind of mixed to create a final um, screenplay or whatever for a film. All right. So they were set to do this film, but eventually didn't didn't think much of like the changes that were being made. Like they really toned down how evil the Nazis were and they made them look really cartoony and they didn't like that. So they abandoned that project, shuttled it off for to a different set of uh, writers and directors, uh, another another duo that did writing and directing. They stayed on as uh, producers mm. and then made at the same time a film called The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, which is a much better known film. So this is actually kind of like went to the wayside uh, of history a little bit because it wasn't a pal in Pressburger, whereas their films were much you know more popular and, and better known at the time. So they and they kind of split time between the two sets. Apparently, they filmed side by side in the same spot, and they would go between the two sets. Uh, one role as producers and the other one as director writer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it basically was a little bit forgotten. But some people, like critics and stuff, would say this is the better film in the end. Like it ended up being a little bit more creative and, and interesting, whereas Colonel Blimp is, you know, is just what it is. All right. So Peter Hein, Peter Peterson Hein, 1577 to 1629, uh, was a Dutch naval officer in Fulcuro during the war between the United Provinces and Spain. In uh, 1928, Hein captured a Spanish treasure fleet, the Silver Fleet, loaded with silver from Spain's American colonies and the Philippines. Sixteen Spanish ships were intercepted, and Hein captured over 11 million guilders of booty, comprising gold, <laughs> silver, and other trading goods, plus some sexy booty, uh, without any bloodshed. And they were able to take it back and, and help them in the world. Really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, which is why he got this film made. Uh, I think they used that money to make this film, and it cost uh, 11 million guilders to make. You really saw it on the screen. All right. Anyways, Esmond Knight, who had lost an eye during the war, he was on a, as I said, a ship called uh, Prince of Wales, I think HMS Prince of Wales, that exploded and blinded him, had not yet regained use of his remaining eye when he played the role of von Schiefer. Uh, playing his part completely blind, there's only one scene where it's obvious um, and it occurs when he has to go through, walk through a doorway and his 
clearly he's, he's holding hands with the guy behind him uh, who steers him to uh, the place where they start. Oh, to I do remember that now. Yeah. Because I thought it but was then, kind of strange. Yeah, but then he was able to get <laughs> surgery and continue his career afterwards. Uh, Powell was a great fan of Googie Withers. Gave her a first a break in film in One of Her Aircraft is Missing, uh, which is a very popular film, I guess. Um, proud of her success, he later wrote, At last people realized what I had known all along, that her beauty had an erotic, erotic quality. quality. Yeah, strange and <laughs> provocative. <laughs> Um, Ooh, Googie. You know, in they the got it on. Fleet. Yeah, so she was able to play opposite of one of the stars of London stage at the time, Ralph Richardson. He was a very famous stage actor. Finally, Pete Hines. He signs his name with a P-H. Pete Hines. Are there any <laughs> other P-Hs that would have been good in this film? So what about <gasps> Philip Seymour Hoffman? Philip Seymour Hoffman. I thought you were going to say um, <laughs> Phil Hartman. That may be coming up. Could be coming up. <laughs> what about Philip Seymour Hoffman? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, I like him in a lot of stuff. But he would have been in a he would have been a, a bunch of the different roles he would have been really interesting in. Like Von Schiefer, like as a Nazi. He would have been interesting as the Nazi. He would have been interesting as one of the plotters, like the grocery store owner or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I I could almost see him because he is pretty charismatic. Yeah, he is. He could even be Van Laden. Yeah, he actually would be a good Van Laden because you could play it off as being like the unsuspecting saboteur. Yep. He kind of has glasses on. Maybe he looks a little bit like a accountant or something like that. Uh, accountants suck. Am I right, Kyle? Hey. Uh, and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and uh, and he, um, you know, kind of unsuspectingly, you know, takes over. Yeah. Shit. It's like a badass. And then what about Phil Hartman? Oh, uh, Phil Hartman. Yes. <sighs> he would have been good Ben Schiffer, right? Is, as he, a Nazi? is, is he in, uh, <laughs> Phil Hartman's in the movie Carpool, right? No, that's Tom Arnold. Oh, shit. <laughs> Why can't Phil Hartman? That was like the first name that popped in my Comedian head. Comedian died a number yeah, of years him. back. Got murdered. I, you, just by being a comedic character, I mean, I guess he could have played the Von Schiffer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. It's obvious that he does look like Tom Arnold, but Phil Hartman is a distinctly <laughs> different human being. Okay. Yeah, he'd be a good Nazi. Okay. <laughs> he voices, uh, was it? Uh, one of the Simpsons, famous Simpsons characters, whatever. Anyways, uh, what about? I'm going to skip this one because I don't know. If, do you know, guys? Do you know who Pete Holmes is? Pete Holmes. No. no. Okay. What about Paris Hilton? Who would she have been? All right, Paris Hilton <laughs> would have been some kind of weird dominatrix Nazi. Tokyo Rose. Really? I think she would have. Uh, Tokyo Rose. Good one. We listen to Tokyo Rose. Really? Why? It's a Pacific. Um, I think she would have been the daughter that kind of like is always like, hey, what would mom think? Could have been, yeah. Yeah. What about Prince Harry? <laughs> All right. The newly married. <laughs> yeah, now he did off go. The, off the market, guys. Don't worry about it. He did go to a Halloween party as a Nazi. Good. Correct? So he's, he's already dressed for the part. Yep. <laughs> you don't even need to spend money on your uniform. You already got it. Yeah, hanging in your closet. Perfect. <laughs> So there we go, Von Schiffer, or one of the other Nazis. Mm -hmm. uh, what about Ed Harris? So we're using his given name because he was born Pes Edward? Poseidon Harris, God of the Sea. <laughs> oh, Poseidon Harris. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's isn't he the main character? Yeah, he's got to be Von Leiden. I would like him to be one of the saboteurs. I guess, yeah. One thing if you they think, had more of a role in it. Yeah, yeah. I could see that because I, I think you might be right in the fact that he may 
uh, if he was like the saboteur, they may be mm-hmm. like, he's obviously sabotaging us. Right. Look at look him. at him. He's just <laughs> staring daggers at us yeah, all like, the time. He's like dead eyed in the corner. He's shirts off, putting grease on him. Like, uh, <laughs> look at him. His rippling muscles are covered in grease. He's like ready to kill us. <laughs> Somebody try to go wrestle him. We yeah. can't. He slips out of our grip all the time. It's like, oh, we're going to go sail on the one away. He just shows up, you know, greased up with like a, a couple of semi-automatics in his yeah. arm. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to invite him onto the boat? I feel like he could take this whole boat by himself. Well, he built this whole darn thing. All right. And then quickly, a little phantom zone. Engage the phantom. So Edmund Knight is in Superman 4. I saw that online. As one of the elders, presumably of Superman's home planet. Probably. Uh, It also features Gene Hackman. We've seen him in Crimson Tide. And then it's pretty easy from there. Viggo Mortensen was in G.I. Jane, which she's training for a submarine troop uh, with Jason Begg, who is in Phantom with Ed Harris. So very quick. Wow. That is a super quick jump. It does seem crazy. 1943, uh, like British Dutch film where I can jump in like four steps to Phantom starring at Harris. That is, I mean, oh my word. It seems, it seems unlikely that that was going to happen, but it yeah. did. 70 years later, who knew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It's, it's sub, 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 world, world, wide, wide. It's time for some subs worldwide. Did you keep an American for the month or did you switch over to like a British one or a Dutch one or something? What are you talking about? For your subs worldwide. Oh, no, I switched over. You went to Dutch? Not for this. Oh. Okay. Because Nazis had taken over the boatyard. Oh. So you're doing a German one? There's a German one. Okay. They also love their submarines during World War II. So this is the Type 14 U-boat. It's a mod of the Type 1XD. I don't know what the heck that stands for. Great. 90, maybe? Maybe. So this was designed to resupply other U-boats, and it was nicknamed the Milshka. Oh, like the Milfka? You said Milf? It's the Milf boat? I wish. <laughs> so how many Milfs are we talking about? Well, this thing will hold six officer Milfs and 47 enlisted Milfs. That's a lot of Milfs. Yeah. It's also nicknamed the Milk Cow. Weird. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Just keeping keeping up with the theme. Yeah. So anyways, these things are 220 feet long, two inches, diesel electric. On the surface, they can cruise along at 14.9 knots while they're submerged, 6.2. They can also travel 12,350 nautical miles while surfaced, only 55 while submerged. But they can dive down to 790 foot. So these are supply boats. So the only weapons they have are on top. They're anti-aircraft guns. They don't have any torpedo tubes or anything like that. Whoa, really? Yes. So needless to say, they try to avoid combat because hmm. they're not going to do too hot. <laughs> um, and because of their size, they could resupply U-boat with 613 tons of fuel, 13 tons of motor oil, four torpedoes, and fresh food. These wow. Bro- so, so just to just to make, go back to that torpedo thing. You yeah. see, no torpedoes. None. Not in the front. Not in the not in the front. Not in the back. So n- no party either in front or back. Nope. No party at all. Just a straight laced, just like office working submarine. Basically. Wow. With with anti aircraft guns. Sure. I mean that's fun and all, but you're also a submarine. So when you're under the ocean, you're not using those. 
No, Thanks you're not much. using those underwater. They Probably don't really not. work too well. <laughs> or, or, wait, wait, wait. Or hear me out, though. Mm-hmm. Or are you? Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think like about where it. you went with that. Yeah. It's very uh, progressive. Scuba diving. Anti-aircraft. You put a, just like a put like a plastic baggie over the front. You probably be fine. Oh, you're right. Just like twist it on. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. So these boats also had bakeries on board. So when they would what? Supply, <laughs> <laughs> so when they would supply the other U-boats, they could give the people fresh bread. That is uh, the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Right. Seems. I mean, I guess if you're out on patrol forever, you might want one. I, I would want some ne- bread. I would love to hear. Well, first of all, did any of those people who were bakers on like a submarine did they survive the war? And then like them, you know, being at like Nuremberg trials and being like, "You were a baker. You, what did you do from the, in the Nazi thing? I made really good pumpernickel loaves." And they were like, "What? We got to taste this pumpernickel." <laughs> and they were like, oh, "It's to die for." And he literally will no. execute him. <laughs> One. <laughs> No, this could have literally killed someone who tastes so bad. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> All right. So these were also large targets for the Allies because if you were to take one of these down, you could disrupt submarine operations. And Sorry, again, what did they do? As like a, they're deliver oh, supplies. Deliver okay, okay. And the Allies were able to sink most of these by 1943. And by the end of World War II, they'd all been sunk. It's like black, whatever they call it, Black Spring or something like that. I can't remember. We see it in oh, movies where they, where yeah. we, where the allies. Shoot, that was just in. I watched that one. That's not the you Edge know, of Darkness. One, the one that what we the watched. heck's the one with Gary Oldman? It just came. Oh, out. oh, yeah. What was that one? Can't remember. Oh, whatever. All Dark, right, Darkness Falls. Right, the one with the tooth fairy. Yep, that one. So, uh, <laughs> you asked about people surviving. If there were any bakers, uh, not likely. Oh. Out of <laughs> So there were between 530 and 576 men Darkest who served hour. on these. Um, oh, thank you. 289 of them were killed on these milk cows. So not the best survival rate. It would be funny. It's like the only surviving baker was the one who was like terrible and got fired. <laughs> yeah. So how long did you serve? Uh, six months. And why weren't, didn't you? Well, my bread was awful. It was just like really bad bread. <laughs> they actually uh, shot me out of the torpedo tube a few days into our journey. They really brompt me. I mean, I'll let you know. <laughs> Sorry, can you, uh, just for the record, what did they do to you? They brommed me, B-R-O-M, brompt, brommed me. Is that a German word? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All righty. Speaking and- of being brommed. <clears throat> Hello. Three. Ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Whoa, new new theme song. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I better be careful or else it will be. So, <laughs> tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. This week, we alluded to it earlier. Got to talk about my favorite genre of, or rather, favorite story from World War II is all of our espionage and undermining of the Nazi Germany. I've got my top four saboteurs and Nazi collaborators to undermine Nazi Germany during World War II. And Ooh, now are these fictional or non-fictional? <clears throat> these are non-fictional. Wow. Uh, all right. A little history lesson. 
and we're we're doing top four because five, I guess we could we could give to our our, our Dutch friends that built a U boat and delivered it straight to England for their use, which was <laughs> pretty pretty baller. Yep. Number four, we mentioned it is Operation Valkyrie. Probably, nice. the, probably the least successful of, of uh, the uh, missions we're going to look at here, but this was carried out by Officer Klaus von Stauffenberg and other conspirators within the Nazi party. The 20 July plot, as it's called, involved a carefully planned assassination attempt on Hitler, followed by arresting control from the Nazi party and ultimately a German surrender to the Allies. Von Stauffenberg placed a small explosive next to Hitler during a strategy meeting in the forests of East Prussia. After setting the fuse, von Stauffenberg snuck out of the meeting to begin preparations on the coup. Unfortunately, the bomb detonated, killing four Nazis, but only wounding the Fuhrer. The rest of the well-laid plan spiraled out of control. Nearly all of the conspirators, including von Stauffenberg, were executed, but we applaud them for their efforts. So, I mean, I just got to point out, this has got to be a Zach fact, because we're talking about Tom Cruise, Officer Tom Cruise, Officer Pardon me, did I say something? I, I, I meant Tom Cruise. Right. Oh, okay. And Tom All Cruise right. has never been unsuccessful at anything in his fucking life. Okay. <laughs> uh, I actually saw a picture of Von Stauffenberg. Pretty pretty good looking guy. I mean, he could be- Oh, I like been, He could have been the German Tom Cruise for all we know if he would have wow. survived the war. Potentially. Uh, number yeah, three yeah. also has a very prominent movie about it. It's Oscar Schindler- who was a German industrialist and member of the Nazi party who employed thousands of Jews to spare them from execution. By the end of the war, he had invested so much in bribes to the SS that he was bankrupt. He was supported financially by the Jewish men and women he saved until his death in 1974. Schindler is credited with saving the lives of over 1,200 Jews. Wow. wow. That's an amazing That's a, story. That is they should make awesome. a movie. They should make a movie out of it. They should. Yeah. If you didn't hear me, they did. It's actually called Schindler's what? List. It was uh, no. Eh, it was an okay film. Yeah, I think it was okay. It's funny because <laughs> that's like it's like rated like the third best film ever made or something like that on the AFI list. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. And I remember movie. watching it as as like just oh, I'm just gonna watch one of these top films, and I came out of being like that movie's fucking underrated. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so so good. <laughs> Number two, uh, you'd have to watch a TV series, I think, if you want to see a good retelling of this one it is operation gunner side uh following the british trained norwegian paratroopers they skied down a ravine they forded a freezing river and they climbed a mountain to infiltrate a nazi occupied hydroelectric plant in Vimork, Norway. Their mission was to sabotage the production of heavy water, a chemical necessary in building nuclear bombs. The, oper the operatives successfully planted and detonated explosives on the equipment. When the Nazis salvaged what heavy water they could and attempted to ferry it back to Germany, the, the Norwegians once again come in here and they blew up the vessel and ultimately ended Germans, uh, Germany's play for an atomic bomb. Gunner's side has been called the most successful sabotage in all of World War II. Uh, if you want to read about it, there's a great book called uh, The Winter Fortress. And if you I'll want to watch, I got I bought it from my my dad. And uh, the if you want to watch it, I would highly recommend The Heavy Water War. Um. Really good series about it. That sounds amazing. It's gonna be great for our. It does sound our, really good. Our extreme sports season. Of this, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, get show. a good ski there, scene. There's oh, yeah. a great ski scene in that. 
Like so there a, we go. In, Perfect. In, in, in the middle of night, too, coming down it, the, the mountain. Oh, yeah. Is it, is it as good as the uh, snowboarding scenes in uh, most, uh, most Extreme Ape or whatever? <laughs> most Extreme Primate. Sorry. <laughs> I screwed that up. Probably not. <laughs> MXP, Most Extreme Primate. I'm just going to say, yes, it's way better and you should, you oh, should wow. watch it. Uh, number one, I don't know of anything uh, movie or film-wise about this one or a book. This one I did learn about today and kind of researching for this list. This one is right up our alley, though. Maybe there is something out there that would be good for us. It is uh, the work of the v- uh, the Vichy Navy. Is that how you pronounce Vichy France? The, I think that's uh, right, yeah. Vichy. 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 Yeah. Vichy. I have no idea. You don't know, Do you know what that is? <clears throat> no. It, it is, oh, it's uh, like the Nazi-controlled government of France. Oh. This is like the free France, though. They they were kind of like given some false autonomy, kind of given right, the illusion yeah, yeah. of choice and the illusion of freedom. This uh, free right. France, Vichy France, uh, had a massive naval fleet of some of the most advanced warships of the time uh, during World War II. And it was still, you know, being monitored closely by the Germans who were fully intending uh, to steal the Armada at some point. Uh, so when Nazi Germany launched Operation Leela to capture this Armada, Vichy Ad- Admiral Gabriel Paul Offen ordered his men to delay the Germans uh, by any means necessary, uh, but avoid bloodshed and scuttle the fleet while the Nazis managed to secure 39 small ships. They had bought themselves enough time that they had um, disarmed and sabotaged all 39 ships and were able to sink an additional three battleships, seven cruisers, 15 destroyers, 13 torpedo boats, six sloops, 12 submarines, nine patrol boats, 19 auxiliary ships, 28 tugboats, and four cranes for a grand total of 77. Four cranes? Where's Mustard Man? (laughs) Mustard Man, where are you? Holy shit. 77 boats. They sabotaged 39 and sunk 77 more. This is uh, attributed (laughs) to to France as one of their greatest victories in the war. It's just them scuttling their ships. That's crazy. Yeah. That is so many boats. Yeah, and they they were like delaying the Germans, like they were rolling up in like their motorcycle, you know, platoons and Panzer crews and all this. And I thought I think it would actually be probably an interesting movie because I guess they like were uh, begging them for paperwork, saying, "Oh, you can't come in the shipyard. We need paperwork." And they were just like delaying them any way they could in order to place uh, explosives on the ships. And like, there's just bombs. I just imagine like bombs going off in the background and the Germans getting pissed at the gates and everything. <laughs> All there of these movies. <laughs> is there a movie about that one? That's what that's what I'm wondering. I feel like there there needs to be if there isn't. It's a good story. Our first movie. Oh, there we go. We'll do it justice. We haven't. Have we talked about what? Oh, we were going to do the, the werewolves on oh, the werewolves on the cruise ship submarine. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then we were going to do obviously serial killer. <laughs> where it's a, it turns out to be the janitor. Yeah. It's it's Ed Harris who's like the only star of the film who's like a random janitor and yeah. obviously the serial killer. <laughs> These are all great movies that people would definitely one hundred percent watch. So. <laughs> and he could even uh, we could have some of the no name actors and actresses just like throw ketchup on the floor. Sure, be like, hey, why don't you clean that up? I also think we should make a uh, an American reboot, I guess, of Das Boot. Um, where it's, it's only like an hour and, you know, 30 minutes, but like way more explosions and like a lot more like machine guns and like uh, a lot more muscles. 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'd be game with that. Yeah. I just want to like take it like Dawson Boot, boring four hour film, whatever, and really like ratchet it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also they have to sink because <laughs> they're Germans. So, all right. I'm sure Germany would be okay with our version of Dawson Boot. <laughs> I think you came up with a title right there with Reboot. I, oh. I, I actually think we'd have to change it from Dos Boot to just the U Boat <laughs> for, the, for the American audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like Reboot, though. Or, reboot or DOS the U-boat. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> reboot. No, that's a movie I could get behind. <laughs> or DOS boot, which of course means the boot, just like that. Just be the whole title. Oh, that'd be great. I was gonna make a joke about how you said I can. I got something I can get behind when yeah. it's the butt. That's <laughs> <laughs> something I can get behind. You did not do that. No way. DOS butt. Now that's something I can get behind. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't get enough of us? Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, please go ahead and give us a rating.